On today's episode of Locked On 76ers, Philadelphia picks up win number 40. They did so without Joel Embiid, but now they need to figure out how to win this way with him in the lineup. We'll discuss it next, why it's so important right here, Locked On 76ers. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com backslash Locked On today to get started. What's popping, D? Win number 40 is what's popping for the basketball team after last night's victory. So that's, that's that's what's popping right now for this team. They needed that win. They get ready for Dallas tonight. Good win by the boys without the big fella. We'll get into that shortly. But first, we got to tell, welcome everybody. Uh, you are locked on 76ers. I'm Devon Givens from 97.5 The Fanatic Radio in Philadelphia, alongside my co-host Keith Pompey, Sixers beat writer for TheInquirer.com. We thank you for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On 76ers is free and available on all platforms, including right here on YouTube at Locked On 76ers. Well, Keith. A blowout in Miami uh, for the second game of this two-game series. This time in Miami, the Sixers dominate the Miami Heat, blow them out without Joel Embiid on the floor. We'll get into why they need to learn how to win this way and incorporate some of this when he's on the floor and get those Ws. We'll also talk about how this basketball team, uh, when they lose these games and we react the way we do, why we may or may not go overboard on specific losses and obviously tonight the Dallas Mavericks second night of a back-to-back Kyrie Irving Luka Doncic hosting the 76ers tonight well Keith a dominant win by the 76ers they basically had control of this game after the first quarter dominant second quarter specifically where they were able to uh, be a plus 22 in the quarter and win that one going into the halftime up by double digits a little bit closer in the third quarter where they made a run, but the Sixers responded and were up by 18 after three. They win the game in a big way, but they did so without Joel Embiid, left foot soreness, had the night off. He was in the building. He was on the bench with the team in the second half, uh, but you got contributions from so many people, Keith, digging down deep into the bench. Doc Rivers did. You get contributions from Daniel House, who we haven't seen in a while. It dusted the cob- cobwebs off of him. And I uh, got good performances from Paul Reed, Shake Milton off the bench, and the starters played really well. Uh, Keith, this is something that they need to figure out how to play with the speed and pace that Doc Rivers liked. They need to be able to do the same thing, especially in transition when the ball is rebounded and they get out and run. Yeah, it, it seems like, you know, and it, it's crazy to say this, but it just seems like some of the, the personnel that they got is, is, uh, more i mean they play better this style of play than they do you know feeding the ball in the post a lot of the guys you know what i mean like typically on that type of team you want to spread it around get a lot of shooters just you know shooters three and d guys um around harden and mb and slow it up a little bit but right now it's like you got harden who likes to get out and go 
at times. And but then you got Maxi, Tobias is, is athletic, Daniel House is athletic. So that's something that they gotta, you know, they gotta work on. I mean, right now, when you look at it, the record is Joel and B, when Joel and B doesn't play, the Sixers are nine and four when he doesn't play, right? So you 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 bring that up and you're like, whoa, that's crazy. Like they they only lost four games without Joel Embiid. So I mean, it, but but to me, it, it's one of those things. Like you said, they gotta figure it out. They gotta come to a common ground. They gotta be able to play this way with them, and and then guys have to be able to like you know, give up themselves the way they do. They have to duplicate the energy they play with, even when he's on there. And I think a lot of it may be because, you know, let's face it, when he's there, he takes the bulk of the shots. He does a lot of things and guys stand around. And, and yeah, when he doesn't play, you feel more involved. But they got to figure it out because they're not going to go far in the playoffs without Joel Embiid. But these guys have to bring the same energy regardless if they're getting a lot of shots or not. And that's the question. That's the main question. Uh, can they do this with him? How much of that is really uh, based on what he's willing to give up to allow this to happen? I think he's good enough, Keith, where he can still, may not average 33, but he can still average 28. Uh, where he's averaging 28, they're still being them themselves. They still have that identity of both him with the basketball and also using uh, it without him having the basketball or playing off of him and using that speed uh, with the basketball because he is a decent passer when he has an option to find players that are moving. I don't think they cut as much when he's out there uh, on the floor. He's a decent he's a decent enough passer, in my opinion, where he can get those. When he's not taking those risks of certain ones, if he's focused like that, he's a pretty decent passer. And I think it's up to him and the, and the head coach and Doc Rivers to figure out how to have that trust and belief that everyone else can do those things while he is out there also. Because if that speed starts to happen and that way while he's there, sure, he's running up and down the floor and he's probably getting a little tired because he's not really touching the basketball. But that's not going to happen. He's going to touch the basketball. He's going to get the rock. And he just has to be willing and I guess it all comes down to, as we say all of these things, how unselfish is he willing to be for that to be, a again, an identity, a complexion of this basketball team that makes them unpredictable, where you cannot just defend them one way because you know he's going to get the basketball and hold it for 14 seconds. Yeah, and, and one thing I will add about that is, too, like, yeah, I mean, that, that's an important thing, um, you know, giving up yourself and, and sacrificing um but the one thing on the defensive end is that the defense looked good because they were able to switch one through five yeah they can't do that with him they just can't i mean you know it, you know he's a big dude he can't cover everybody you know what i mean he'll so try <laughs> you could, yeah you could try, but try you could try you know but, him he'll say he can guard uh, he can defend a guard yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> but I don't think he really likes to switch in too much doing sure. that one through five. Um, but but um again, it, it's just one of those things where they got to figure it out to do it with him because again, they look good. They're nine and four without him, but at the same time, brother, you know that they can't go far without him in the 
in the postseason? Yeah, uh, they they have to be. Again, we know that when it comes down to the postseason, especially with them being in the playoffs as many years as they have, something has to give. And the one thing, again, that we just talked about is that sacrifice and the unselfishness for your teammate, for your team, and for your for you know the greater good of what this team needs to do. The numbers will be there. The points will add up. The defensive plays will add up also. This is a way that they need to figure out how to have this be a part of their offense going forward, especially in the post. Uh, a part of that, Keith, is when they lose to Boston and Miami back-to-back, the way we react to that. Uh, some people really lose their minds and say, the season is over. They're going to lose in the second round. They eliminated before they even tip the ball off in the playoffs. Then there are the others that say, hang on, there are 20-plus games left in the season. Let's see what they do. We'll talk about which way is the best way to react, or is it okay to react both ways with this basketball team coming up of how you look at your Philadelphia 76ers and why you choose to look at them the way that you do. Right here next on Locked On 76ers. Let's talk about FanDuel, right? FanDuel, right? Now, the midway point of the NBA season is a perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sports Bet app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained, right? Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bet for a chance at a bigger payout with a same uh, game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com backslash locked on. That's FanDuel.com backslash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Thank you for making Locked On 76ers your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. <laughs> 15 games in a row now, Keith, for the uh, – Milwaukee Bucks, or is it 16 after tonight? It's 16 after 16 last night. Yeah. After last night. So, yeah, they're rolling, man. We'll see them on Saturday. Dallas tonight. We'll get to them in the next segment. But, um, Keith, how, how are how are people – what's the right way to look at the 76ers after they lose a game to the Boston Celtics and even the Miami Heat back-to-back? Because – I think oftentimes Sixer fans, because there are so many games and because of what happened in the past, sometimes there's overreaction to certain losses. Now, things are very important. I said Saturday was a must-win game against Boston. I stand by that. That was a bad loss to the Boston Celtics. The Miami Heat loss was frustrating because it followed what happened with the Boston Celtics and, again, how they lost the game. But oftentimes, too, I think we get a little too carried away of reacting the way that I just mentioned, where I hear that the season is over, wrap it up, they can't win in the second round because they don't care. I have a, I had a phone call 
from a guy who only calls after losses, right? Uh, older gentleman, really good caller, but he only calls after losses. And he said, they don't care. They're out there just for their money. They're not really trying to win, stuff like that. And then you have the more rational ones of Doc Rivers, Joel Embiid, James Harden, and they try to break it down, of course. And I never dismiss anybody, but I'm just simply pointing out how how we react in these losses when they are still, Keith, as we see at the last night's win, a 40-win basketball team with 21 games to play. So I think some tend to go too far. Uh, I am one that waits and takes every game has its own story. And it doesn't necessarily tell the story of the entire season. It tells the story of that game. Some things can carry over for the season. How, how do you feel uh, it's looked at, especially when you lose two games like they did coming off of a five-game win streak where they had good wins? Um, you know, I, I think those, I, I don't think they're getting out. I mean, at first, I, I think they're a dangerous team, but unless they improve and play better with Joel Embiid, I still don't think they're getting out of the second round. I just mm-hmm. don't, I don't think. And we're talking about I, most likely Boston or Milwaukee. In the second yeah, it's going to be Boston or Milwaukee. I mean, it's, it's going to be one of those teams. Um, whoever like wins, they're going to, whoever, like, I think Milwaukee might end up winning the division. And I mean the conference, and then it's going to be Boston in the second round for the Sixers, right? But see, here's the thing: it's, it's good to say don't overreact, but you know I'm looking at this team, this Miami team, and this Miami team is just like the 76ers. It's one of those teams that can be a little bit inconsistent, or more so than the Sixers. I mean, you got guys like Tyler Hero and and Gabe Vincent who were and Matt Struess, guys who were torching the Sixers last year, and they just couldn't make baskets at all this year. And it wasn't – and I know the Sixers are going to want to say, hey, look at our defense. We played great defense. Nah, they was just missing, right? So, I mean, like, let's keep it real. They were – so so right now, yes, the Sixers did go out there and they put laid the wood on them last night. They laid the wood on them. They did. But – this team that they beat was 33 and 30. The Sixers are 40 and 21. The Sixers had no business losing to them two nights ago. None whatsoever. I so, you know what I mean? So, like, when I look at it, I'm looking at it like the Sixers got to show me that they can, can they can be consistent and always beat these teams like this. They should, right? Um, and then, again, can you guys, we talked about it the first segment, can you play this way with Joel Embiid on the floor? That's the big question mark. Can you play that way with Joel on the floor? I just think that's impossible to say in any NBA season, 82-game schedule to say, show me that you can beat this type of team every time out. You can't. It's, impo- you can't it's impossible, but they need to. I mean, I know they need to do it. No more. one does it, though. Not. That's what I'm saying. No one, even at the top teams, like we would highlight Orlando beating Boston three times already this season and highlighting when Milwaukee loses a close game. Uh, as good as the Knicks are playing, you still think that the Boston Celtics should beat the New York Knicks and the Knicks beat Boston after the Sixers fell to them on Saturday. It's just the nature of the, of the league and the sport. So – I can't say that, but yes, uh, as I said when we were introducing this topic, there's a story to it. There are reasons, especially when you talk about scheduling the week itself, 
who you have to play a road trip. Like, yeah, there are stories to it where you should win certain games, hands down. I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, those elite teams, the the killer teams, like, you know, I know it's always matchups, but those killer teams, and in order for the Sixers to take that next step, they, that's, I mean, you might say it's impossible. You know, right now with the league, with all this load management and stuff like that, it, it can become hard. But they have to have that killer instinct and and yeah. and do it. I mean, unfortunately, the mo of the Sixers are is when, whenever you get high on the Sixers and you think they arrived and they play a big game, they lose. And then all of a sudden, when you when you say we're about to jump off the walk with Whitman, and they're going to get swept and they're going to do this, then they do what they did last night, blow a team out. And then everybody's like, ah, they're back. You know I what I mean? So, I don't, I don't so, know about that. <laughs> before, I mean, like, you know, so, but my thing is, it's kind of sort of like, this is the 76ers MO. It is. So I just need to see a little bit more consistency. And I get it. You know, Boston, like, if the 76ers were in first place most of the season and then they played a bum squad and, like, oh, they just played that, laid down to them. But right now, the Sixers are battling, man, to get home court. It's it's not guaranteed that they'll get home court advantage. You we we hope that they will, or you you expect them to do to do that. But it's not a guarantee. I think they're safe in the top four um, yeah. with twenty one games left. I think they're safe in the top four because I think they're just too good to lose too many games to drop out of the top four. Now, what we've been talking about is two and three. That part, I agree with you that they 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 need to be they need to be aware that they cannot fall out of two or three. Yeah, they got a they got three games over. Well, they got four and a half games over the New York Knicks. Four right. and a half, four right. and a half over the New York Knicks. But the thing that scares me is the 76ers got the second hardest mm-hmm. schedule mm-hmm. here on out. That's the only thing that scares me. You know, that's the only thing. Yeah. Um, and that's why I said when eight games on the road of these 15 throughout the rest of the season and see where see where it drops there, because then you got the seven games left at home where you should win at least five or six of those. And you're talking about 13 13, 14 games that you win there, you're still over 50 and you're probably safe in that top four. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I agree. All right. It's always an interesting conversation. It, it really is. And this five-game road trip is important, especially this piece here that they have uh, while they're on the road for these five. On the other side, Keith, we talk about the Dallas Mavericks tonight. They have a new addition in Kyrie Irving. We've seen him with the Brooklyn Nets. Haven't seen him yet paired with Luka Doncic. Right now, they're not playing all that great. They've dropped a couple of games in a row. They were idle on Wednesday night. They're waiting for the Sixers tonight. Let's see how the Sixers play on the second night of a back-to-back and see if the big fella is out there against the Dallas Mavericks. We'll tap into that next final segment right here, Locked On 76ers.
Welcome back to Locked On 76ers. That's Keith Pompey. Uh, I'm Devon Givens with you. And uh, Keith, all right, Dallas hosting the Sixers uh, tonight, right now, the Dallas Mavericks um, and the 76ers. This is this is going to be a fun one. It's going to be a nationally televised game. And the Dallas Mavericks are still trying to find their way in the Western Conference and uh, where they are right now. They're currently seventh. Uh, they are 32 and 31 in the seventh spot. They're half a game up on the eighth seed Timberwolves. They're half a game back of both Golden State and Los Angeles. That's five and six in the standings and two games back of number four. And that is the Phoenix Suns. Kevin Durant debuted last night. They got the win against Charlotte. This is going to be a tough one on the second night of a back to back trying to guard those two guards and not let them beat you. Yeah, it is. And, but the thing is, I'm, when I watch the, the, uh, this team play, and it's not that I watch them a lot, but, you know, you see highlights or you watch a game that might be on TV, you look at a little bit of it, and I just don't like the rhythm thing. Like, it's one of those things where, you know, they remind me of those old Houston Rockets teams where Daryl Morey and them would just go out there and they would get these guys, and it, it was great, but they, the pairing just wasn't good. You know what I mean? They were too similar. And if you notice, like, I'm watching it, and it seems like if Kyrie is on one side, the games that I saw, but Luka's on the other side, it's like the ball never gets to Luka. Like, you know you know what I'm saying? It's like either, I don't know, it just seemed like it's, it, it's kind of like how, also how Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown were, were when they first started playing together. It was like, yeah, they would pass the ball. I mean, I don't know. It just seemed like you had two guys who always wanted to score. And then at times, and then when they think they should pass or or they need to they need to score, they, they're, they're thinking about passing, and then it's a turnover. So I don't know. Like, it's going to be a tough one because of the back-to-back thing. But this is a game the 76ers could win. Um, defensively, they, 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 uh, Dallas is going to put pressure on them, but at the same time, Dallas can't stop anyone on defense. That's true. So, so, you know, it's going to be, if the six Sixers get well rested and and play tomorrow or tonight, I I believe that they can win this game. One and five in their last six are the Dallas Mavericks. Kyrie Irving, of course, can score. We know that Luka Doncic has been in and out of the lineup. And they've lost their last two games. I think it really comes down to those two slowing them down. It always t- you talk about the others: Maxi Kleber, Tim Hardaway Jr., uh, Dwight Powell, making sure that they really don't uh, go off on you to to lose the game in, in this way. And if Joel Embiid plays, how much of a difference is he going to make in it? Are they going to be able to play the style that we talked about in the first segment against this Dallas Mavericks team? So this is a fun one. This is going to be a very interesting game, interesting matchup between these two teams. And you're absolutely right. Despite it being a, the second night of a back-to-back, they have every reason to believe that they should be able to beat this basketball team uh, tonight. So we're going to learn. We're going to find out again, as you talked about, it's an important game. We're going to learn what the medal of this team is going out there, second night of a back-to-back, losing an hour, <laughs> right? Uh, flying from the East Coast to the Midwest where you lose an hour and you lose an hour of, of sleep 
and uh, let's see what they do when, when they get there. So we'll talk about that one tomorrow. But they're actually Maybe. going to gain an hour. Gain an hour, sorry. Yeah, gain, gain an hour, hour. yeah. But it's the 6.30 yeah. there, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Instead of yeah. 7.30, yeah, so yeah. that's what I was thinking, 6.30 yeah. there, 7.30 will be here. So different time, but gain an hour. Uh, we thank everybody for making Locked On 76 as your first listen every day. Tomorrow we will get back together for our final episode of the week, break down this game, and see what really stood out in the Mavericks-Sixers matchup on Thursday night. We really appreciate it again that you checked us out now. Go and check your second listen, Locked On NBA, Locked On Experts, covering the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Keith, you mind letting the good folks know where they can find us? Yeah, wherever you get your podcast, like my man said, when you follow that other those other podcasts, you can follow our podcast, right? But also make sure you follow my man D tonight on 97.5 FM from 10.30 to midnight, 10.30 to midnight tonight. And then follow him on Twitter at DivineG975. Follow me on Twitter at Pompey on Sixers. And you can read my stuff in the Philadelphia Inquirer. All right, Keith. Well, enjoy the game tonight. Uh, We'll see what happens. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Folks, everybody enjoy the Dallas Mavericks and the Philadelphia 76ers. We'll get back together on Friday. Talk about the game. We'll see if it's a W. Thanks, man. All right. Thank you, bro. Peace.